0: Beautiful looking offensive line, leading rusher in the SEC. So this isn't your mama's dad, air raid that from a few years ago, like you State, where they lead the, they want to run the football down your throat and they have a running back to do it. They have a physical offensive line do it, running back leading the SEC, rushing attempts, rushing yards and yards per game, but they don't want to hand it off to him. They've got receivers on the outside, that are dynamite. And then they've got uh, from a special team standpoint, you know, arguably the best tandem of punt returner and kick returner in our conference uh, as well. So when you talk about.
1: All right. Welcome back to the Gamecockscoop.com dot com podcast, the official podcast of Gamecock dot com. I'm Caleb joined by Alan and we're here to break down the Gamecocks matchup with Mississippi State. Uh, as always, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube uh, so you can see when we go live. Uh, pop in, leave some comments, and we'll uh, try to get to those throughout the throughout the stream. Um, I think that that pretty well uh, sums up, I guess, what South Carolina is facing in Mississippi State this week. Uh, there from Coach Beamer uh, in on Tuesday at the uh, press conference, but we'll we'll get into more of those details here in just a second. Uh, as always, we start with a little bit of recruiting. Um, I'll have a full visitors list posted tomorrow uh, for who we're anticipating in town. Um, I Also, this is a little bit uh, further out, but Daniel Hill, of course, who is one of the biggest uh, 2024 targets left on the board, uh, is expected to be at the Alabama Ole Miss game this weekend. Uh, obviously, Bama is the big competition there. Um, and then should be at Tennessee to watch South Carolina play Tennessee next weekend. Um, I think he's kind of looking at both, but obviously going to get a little bit more of the Tennessee experience there. Um, another 2024 note, we're hearing a lot of buzz about uh, Fred Johnson, who is the three-star linebacker out of Virginia. Um, that's uh, rivals national Recruiting analyst Adam Friedman's territory had a good conversation with him earlier this week. Um, after Friedman got to see Johnson in person, and it, it looks like he's uh, looking at a pretty significant ratings bump here. Whenever the new 2024 ratings come out, um, so that's that's good news for uh, South Carolina's coaching staff, who continues to find these little underrated gems. If you guys remember remember back in the summer. Fred Johnson was a a guy that camped at South Carolina uh, kind of under the radar before that. I actually believe uh, don't, don't quote me on this exactly, but I, I, if I remember correctly, I I had to kind of text the rivals national folks at that time, because I don't know if he even had a rating yet. Uh, And that's just because he hadn't camped with us. uh, No one had been out to see him yet, all those sorts of things. Um, So yeah, pretty, pretty meteoric rise for Fred Johnson um josiah thompson might be another one that that gets a little bit of a bump i don't know that he'll get all the way up to five stars like some of the other services have them or not um but uh yeah so we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out um i'll have that full weekly recruiting wrap-up for you tomorrow with the the recruiting visitors list all right let's get into mississippi state so um Like Shane Beamer said there at the top, uh, they have the leading rusher in the SEC, both in carries, yardage, all the things. Um, That is Jaquavius Marks, right? We were trying to figure out how to say this at the beginning of the show um, or before the show. Uh, Obviously, was pretty good last year for them. Um, Good enough that Dylan Johnson um, ended up transferring out. uh, Another pretty talented uh, running back over there. And then... um, it seems like their philosophy, obviously, since uh, the late Mike Leach uh, passed over the summer, uh, has changed a lot from that more air raid style that saw, um, what's the quarterback's name again? Will Rogers. Yeah, Will Rogers kind of entering uh, this year as you know one of the best, most veteran um, signal callers in the SEC. He was a, ahead of Spencer Rattler on a lot of those preseason lists. Um, he's kind of taken more of a backseat um, to the running game and and an emphasis on that. Now, Mississippi State's offense hasn't been performing all that well. Uh, they scored 14 last week against LSU uh, in a blowout. Got blown out 41-14. to 14. Um, But the run game is definitely something uh, that's going to play a big factor here, and, and whether or not South Carolina can slow that down, which of course they've struggled a little bit with over the last three years, Um so, I, I don't know. I guess what are your initial thoughts about this matchup um, and the likelihood that South Carolina can slow that down and kind of get ahead of this one?
0: So, the Jaquavius Marks thing, too, and this is courtesy of Mississippi State's game notes this week, which were great. Um, he's the only active player in the country with over 1,000 career rushing and receiving yards anywhere. And a lot of that comes back to the air raid last year. They were throwing the ball out of the backfield a lot. They were, you know, dropping back 50, 55 times a game. But – this is as dangerous of an individual player as South Carolina is going to see in a backfield all season. Um, it does look a little bit funny it's not the right word, but you look at kind of these SEC leaderboards, right? you got Will Rogers. He's tied with Bryce Young at all-time touchdowns, and he's 200 yards from passing Peyton Manning in yards, and they're still going to try to run the ball more. He threw it, I think, 18 times uh, in the Arizona game, too, or maybe last week. Um, this is going to be a challenge. This is going to be – Kind of where you look at the middle of that South Carolina defense specifically, which I know we're going to talk about. You need a really, really good Debo Williams, Stone Bland game. You need TJ Sanders to be what he was last week. Um, Boogie Tonka, this, that's kind of where this game comes down to to me, I think. At least if you're South Carolina's is, what can you do kind of between the tackles? What can you do against the run? I feel like you think you feel pretty good about your secondary out in space i wrote about that this week a little bit against these mississippi state receivers um but i think this is going to look like the florida game last year at least not in terms of the outcome but in terms of identity and what your opponent's going to try to do to you is you're going to see a lot of that just ground and pound stuff
1: yeah and when we think about the strengths on for mississippi state on defense uh their two linebackers last year were the two leading tacklers in the sec with a combined 228 uh, tackles. Uh, both those guys are returning. If you're looking for names on the back of the jerseys on Saturday, that's Jet Johnson and Nathaniel Watson. Um, I think you're going to struggle to run the ball, but you were going to struggle to run the ball regardless of who you were playing, because uh, that's yeah. kind of how this uh, offense is set up for South Carolina. I do think you have some advantages, especially Xavier really Legette is uh, better than anyone that they have in their secondary, I think. Um you would love to have uh, both Xavier Leggett and Juice Wells out there at the same time. Like you saw on that first drive against Georgia, you saw how dangerous that combo could be. And, and really maybe one of the, um what could have been of this season. Of course, we think Juice Wells is going to get back here in a few weeks, but what could have been of the season was uh, having both those guys out there through this early stretch and, and what, what could have happened there. But um, I still think, you know, you've seen Omega Blake kind of take a step forward. You've seen, uh, some other guys uh, start to contribute here. Luke Doty, even. Um, we, do we know if Amarian Brown's expected to be back? Or? Uh, he's still
0: questionable. He didn't do as much as they wanted to in practice yesterday. We'll get more from Shane in about five hours here on Carolina Calls. I would lean towards, even if he plays, that's not going to be a 70 snap out, outburst for him anyway. You're going to work him in. I think this is still going to be another week where you need a um, guy like Omega Blake to step up, guy like Eddie Lewis.
1: Yeah, and we also um, saw Dowell Loggins in particular yesterday talk a lot about freshmen and kind of working them in. Maybe this is a week where we start to see some of those freshman receivers uh, take a step forward. Um, Because it seemed like a lot of what he was saying yesterday was like, the, and this is something we've talked about on the podcast too, right? The balance of maybe they're your most talented guy, but do you destroy their confidence too early? Those sorts of things. Um, The mental aspect all comes into play uh, whenever you're playing these freshmen and obviously the schedule has been kind of <laughs> tough to, to start the season. Um, but as it starts to lighten up a little bit down the stretch through this middle uh, portion, maybe you start to see some Nick Harber, uh Tyshawn Russell. Tyshawn Russell who looked good against And So um, I don't know. I think you have options and I think you probably have an advantage with your wide receivers versus their secondary is what my initial point here was.
0: Yeah, we haven't even mentioned yet. In Mississippi State safety, Sean Preston Jr. He's a fifth-year senior. He's a starter. He's already got 10 tackles, a pick, and a forced fumble this season. He's out for the first half Saturday. He got a targeting call in the second half of that LSU game last week, which is obviously a one-half suspension. So at least in the first half, you're going to be seeing a backup at safety if you want to push the envelope, test some deep shots a little bit. And I think that is kind of the, throwing the ball deep to the boundary, some of those 50-50 balls that you trust – We'll get to come down with. I think that is kind of the way to go about doing this. And we've had the running game discussion so many times at this point. Um, I just don't, especially this week in particular, where you're facing these linebackers and you feel you might have an advantage on the back end. I just don't even know if it's worth trying to run the. Fl- I mean, obviously, you're not going to call 70 plays and have it be 68 passes and two runs, but like on a general down to down basis, I'm not really sure what you get out of trying to run the ball in this game.
1: Yeah, and if we want to talk a little bit more about Mississippi State's defense, um, obviously the last year's defensive coordinator, Zach Garnett, um, has now stepped up to be the head coach. So they're running a similar se- similar scheme to what they were running last year uh, when those two guys led the SEC in tackles. Uh, they run a 3-3-5, um, which South Carolina fans, if you think back to like the Charlie Strong era, um, that's what where, where that came from. Uh, he was one of the early innovators and in, um, what, what person one of the people that made that popular, uh, even though it kind of originated in the late 80s, but um, so another factor I think here is we we heard from Dowell Loggins that Tree Babalade, uh, obviously kind of has solidified himself as that left tackle after a great game against Georgia, um, but also we might see more Trevon Ball at right guard, another true freshman, um. And we were talking before we got on here, we definitely feel like those two guys are your most talented guys for those positions on the roster right now. Um, but from a mental aspect, that three-three-five could mess with them a little bit. Um, and also just from a mental aspect, uh, we've seen a couple of false starts and um, sort of mental mistakes out of the offensive line here in the, the early going, um, which is something that they're going need to need to avoid to keep the ball moving
0: yeah i think and again this is another conversation i think we've had on seemingly every so we've done since the season started but yeah i think that is your best chance i think you know spencer was talking a little bit i guess it would have been tuesday about those young offensive linemen about how you know you can live with some mistakes from them i think he used the term like you know trees false starts didn't bother me it's when we've got wide receivers or veterans doing that is what gets me frustrated something like that um Young, going to have to live with – I'm playing all the hits here from the last couple of shows, but young, going to have to live with mistakes. I still think the guys who are your most talented, the guys who, you know, you can go back to recruiting rankings, your four stars, the ones you brought in to be the future of this program up front, give you your best chance. And also, this is a Mississippi State pass rush that hasn't done a ton this year, two sacks in three games. Um, if you wanted to try to work it, work Trovon ball in, if you wanted to try that look with two true freshmen playing most of the snaps – I'm not saying it's easy by any means. I know that three-three-five, those unbalanced fronts, you can get some twists and some stunts with the linebackers for confusion. But in general, I think this is a game to at least give that a try. And I think those that gives you a better chance than maybe what you saw with Ja'Kai Moore at right guard, and then you kick Fugard to right tackle. Some of the stuff you saw last week that just wasn't working at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you also have a friendly environment at home, um, so you're not having to deal with the, the noise and stuff as much, um, which will be useful before you have to go into Nealon Stadium in front of 100,000 people next week uh, for a night game, which we got confirmation that's going to be a night game earlier this week. Um, all right, so I think we see a path for South Ghana to move the ball on offense, um, you're going to have to protect Spencer Rattler. We've talked about how they've used some of these veteran uh, tight ends like Joshua Simon and Trey Knox to kind of help uh, bring these these young tackles along or these inexperienced tackles along, assuming Ja'Kai Moore ends up at right tackle. Um so, I, I think that they can probably piece together enough to give Rattler some time to, to move the ball and, and throw the ball down the field. Um, defensively, how are you feeling about South Carolina's matchup against this pretty uh, accomplished run game, even though they've kind of struggled to score some
0: points here and there this season? I think you have to, and this is kind of the backbone of what I wrote, and we'll, we'll you can, and we're going to game tomorrow, kind of previewing this game in final. This feels a lot like the Kentucky game last year, just in terms of what it can do for your season swinging either way. And if you think about that game and the the back you faced in that game, Chris Rodriguez, this is a yards aren't points game. And what I mean by that is Jaquavius Marks is going to break some runs. He's probably going to be more efficient than most of the backs you're going to face this season. It might look like third, fourth quarter of that Georgia game last week. However, If you can bow up in the red zone, if you can do what you did in Athens a couple times last week and force two missed field goals or four field goal attempts, I should say. Yards aren't points. And if you've Mississippi State's going on these long drives and they're not going to get points out of them, Um, I believe they had a 19 play drive against Arizona where they fumbled in the red zone. Um, As one example, they're going to, you can kind of, for lack of a better term, make them shorten the game on themselves a little bit. If they're going to kind of do it this way and you can hold them to field goals. Um. I think if you can force even one turnover in this game, that could be big, just the way what we're expecting to be a tight game. You could flip flip a possession that way. They didn't do that last week in Athens. Um, I think you just kind of got to live with the fact that he's going to break off a couple chunks, and you got to just keep him out of the end zone as much as you can is kind of where I would stack this up.
1: Yeah, I mean, you played the bend and don't break style against Georgia. It worked a lot of the time, but also a a big factor in that and something that um, the Gamecocks have relied on in their better games over the last three years is, uh, having the other team make a mistake eventually, uh, be it a turnover or or whatever. Um, Georgia, unfortunately didn't ever make that mistake. You didn't end up with any turnovers last week. Um, and they scored on enough of those drives to, to pull it out. This Mississippi state's team is not Georgia. (laughs) Like, um, I think that you can I mean, now, granted, Will Rogers has protected the ball pretty well so far. Uh, He hasn't thrown a pick yet this year, even though last week he was uh, harassed by LSU's defensive front and was sacked four times and only completed 39% of his passes. Um, So, not a good day by any stretch, uh, but he's been at least fairly um, safe with the football. But uh, I do think, uh, you you know, hopefully you can stretch some of those drives out, like you said, and then um, create a turnover here or there or a big play even if it's just a tackle for loss or, or whatever um to kind of flip those drives back um and back to i guess the running back uh clayton white called him like the vision of what he expected an sec running back to be before he came here um so i mean this is this is a, a guy that's probably going to be playing on sundays um it's definitely a Uh, a tall task. Um, One of those factors, I think, that plays into this, and and this kind of goes back to the same point we are making about the offensive line, uh, is your depth at linebacker. So we've seen uh, Debo Williams start almost every snap so far throughout the season, and Stone Blanton's not too far behind him. He's probably started like 90% of the snaps this season. Um, Do we see a little bit more Pup Howard this weekend perhaps, or uh, how are you seeing sort of the rotations uh, play out on defense.
0: Is it too blunt? Is it too harsh to say that I think we're kind of at the point where you're just gonna do it or don't do it with that kind of thing? We're you know, we always talk about it, it feels early. It does. It's home game two, it's SEC game two. You're a third of the way through your regular season after Saturday. Like it goes quick in this sport. It's a 12-game sample size. You haven't seen anywhere near as much of pub Powers, I think you were expecting to, and especially if you if I told you before the year that Mo Cabo would get hurt on drive one and you still wouldn't be seeing Pup Howard almost, at, I think he played 12 snaps against Georgia. Um, the Trovon Boffin, we already had that discussion. Um, I think at this point, if you want your freshmen to play, if you want them to be part of the rotation, yeah, like now, go. It's The season's already a third of the way through after Saturday. I don't think you have that much longer to wait on this. Uh, I just don't. I think you do need, I'm not even going to say they should. I think you need to play Pub Howard. 30 ish snaps on Saturday, depending on how the game flow goes.
1: Yeah. And I think he's kind of earned that up to this point too. um, going back and looking at the the snaps he has played, uh, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a step back, but it, it hasn't been, uh, sign- too significant. And, um, I don't think that you can continue uh, to play those guys at the clip that you
0: are, uh, up to this point. Um, so, well, it's interesting you say that though, just not to cut you off, but the coaches have all said that. I think after all three games, they said we got to get those guys in more. So, at what point does saying they need to do that become actually doing it? I guess is my point. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: true. And I mean, Clayton White specifically said that uh, Pup should have played what 15 to, 15 20, to 20 more, plays more than yeah. Um So, you know, maybe because they have this the specificity of that number uh, in mind. Uh, it's something that they make an emphasis of this week, and I agree that this week's a good week to do it. Uh, you're playing against a winnable opponent at home, um, and you're setting up you know, the rest of your season. And I guess that kind of brings me to my next point. How big is this game uh, for South Carolina this week? We've talked a little bit about it um, even in the preseason that they probably needed to split UNC and Mississippi State. Obviously, they already lost the North Carolina game. Um, I hate to use the term must win, mostly because it's a cliche, but also I think we've seen, uh, even in the the two years that we've been covering South Carolina, that I would have considered the Florida game last year a must win, right? And uh, then things kind of pretty quickly um, flipped on their head right after that. So uh, I'm not suggesting that there's no way that you have the season that you want to have uh, should you not win this one, but if it certainly feels like the, the window gets much, much narrower if you
0: don't win this one. I think what you look at if you don't win this game is you just start doing math, right? You've got eight regular season games left. You've got to go 7-1 and one to match your win total from last year. That I, that goes without saying it's probably not going to happen. you got to go 4-2 and two in the league just to get to your SEC win total from last year. I'm not saying that's impossible. That's going to require winning at least one SEC road game and then cleaning up all your home games if you lose on Saturday is what that would mean um to get to a bowl game even if you lose Saturday you're talking about five and three which definitely isn't impossible you still have the you still have Jack State but you're gonna have to probably go on the road and steal at least one game to get to a bowl game if you lose on Saturday um and you would be staring down a very real possibility of 0 and 3 in the league which I know we both don't think Tennessee's great they're not as good as they were last year but you still got to go to Knoxville at night next week and that's not going to be easy um Must win, it all depends how you define success, how you define expectations. But in terms of accomplishing the things they accomplished last year and just getting to that point, yeah, I think it kind of has to be a must-win game.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm okay with calling this a uh, gather-yourself year or or whatever you want to call it, where it's like you took a step from year one to year two, took a step from – or, sorry – you took a big step in year one, took a big st- step in year two. Um, maybe you can't expect to take as big of a step, obviously. Like there's only, the- there's <laughs> only so many more games, it gets it right. Yeah. And it, it gets harder as you, you take, you know, further steps. Um, so is this a gather yourself year and then take a big step next year? Maybe, sure. But I still think to sell what you're trying to sell on the recruiting trail, uh, to make the moves in the portal, this next cycle that you want to make, um, and sort of feel like you have gathered yourself to make that next step next year, which we kind of are excited about. Uh, so a lot of these young players, I mean, obviously, we keep talking about them. Um, then I think you do need to at least win seven, maybe eight, uh, or seven and have a chance at eight in the bowl game. All right, whatever. you say you got to
0: win at least seven. Then if you lose Saturday, that's six and two in your last eight games, yeah. So, yeah, I think be- you just be- kind of yeah. made your own yeah. point there, yeah. yeah. Um, um, go
1: ahead. No, yeah. So, I guess, do you want to start to get into what we think is going to happen here? Like, how likely do you think it is that they win this game that we've defined as a must-win in a more uh, a roundabout way than just saying must-win, I guess?
0: Yeah, I guess my other point, it's not really a question, because I think there's not really a way to have this particular discussion without just saying the things we've always said. I think williams Bryce Stadium is a factor here. I had crowd doesn't score points, blah, 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 but... Mississippi state's first road game of the year. It's Zach Garnett's first ever road game as a head coach in his entire coaching career. Um, It's a night game. I think that matters. I think that plays further into the idea that this is a must win game. Just wanted to say that.
1: Yeah. Um, You also have to think that you're going to get a pretty solid shot from um, Mississippi state here, because they also probably view South Carolina as a must win on their side as well. Um, it doesn't get much easier for them in the SEC West. So They, they play Bama next the, week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They need to win their East games for sure. Um, you got a score prediction uh,
0: for what's going to happen here? I haven't made a score prediction yet. You can see whatever I end up settling on uh, tomorrow if you're subscribed. I, I'm seeing a game in the 20s for sure. Like I think you talk about what the offense has to do. You look at Mississippi State, take out the FCS opponent week one, Played Arizona week two, scored 24 points in regulation, get a touchdown to win it in overtime. But that's 14 in the first quarter. They scored 10 points in three quarters. And then last week you play LSU, you score 14 points. That's taking out the overtime period where you're starting the ball at 25. That's 24 points in seven quarters. This offense, for all the talent, it's not playing very well right now. I think if you can get this game into the mid to high 20s, you feel really good about your chances to win. If you can score 30 points, I think you're – I'd be surprised if South Carolina scored 30 points and lost this game, put it that way. Um, I think this game's in the 20s, and I think South Carolina wins it maybe by a field goal, maybe by four. I know, 28, 24, 26, 23, something like that. I'm throwing out a couple scores so I can uh, leave my options open before I write it tomorrow. But something in that mid-20s, three, four-point range.
1: Yeah, so um, for reference, the line currently is at South Carolina six and a half. Um, it opened at five, so people are... Uh, the, the the money is going towards South Carolina covering and it's even moved a little bit. Um, I agree with you. I, but preseason I put 31 to 23 in my way too early preview uh, with South Carolina winning. I don't think it's going to get that high scoring uh, now though, because of the strength of Mississippi state's run game um, and kind of the way that South Carolina plays that bend and don't break style. I think, This game is going to be shortened a lot, and it would surprise me if it gets to that uh, number. But um, if you had to put me down on something, I do think South Carolina covers, let's call it like 21 to
0: 13, something like that. Um, I did have one more thing I forgot to mention on Mississippi State. I think it kind of is relevant if you're a South Carolina fan because you haven't seen it from your team yet. They are great on special teams. Um, they've got one of the best return men in the country. Uh, Tulu Griffin hes already returned two kicks for touchdowns in his career. He's averaging over 30 yards a return. Uh, they've already blocked a kick this year. They've returned a kick this year. Um, this is a very dangerous special teams opponent. And Pete Lembo talked about that yesterday. That this is – I think the term he used was you can't start a new Netflix show this week because Mississippi State will keep you up at night, something like that. But <laughs> this is a very yeah. dangerous special teams opponent, which we didn't mention yet.
1: And I also got the sense that uh, P. Lambo is not particularly satisfied with the way that South Carolina has played on special teams through the first three weeks as well. Um, I know Kai Kroger probably isn't off to the start that he wants to be um, as a punter, although I still thought he had some nice punts and some terrible weather last weekend. Um, but yeah, I need to be more on point with that to kind of keep uh, those return men at bay. Um, your gunners have done a pretty good job of kind of forcing fair catches and forcing uh very little return opportunities but uh if you do give these guys on mississippi state a return opportunity then yeah they could they can burn you with it um field goal kicking wise i guess you've missed your your first career uh field goal this season uh with miss Jeter but still been pretty solid okay yeah um but yeah i mean i i still think yeah, South Carolina special teams are better than the majority, but I, I did get the sense just from uh, Limbo's comments that he's still searching for a little bit more perfection, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think that's the standard here is obviously extremely high, just pretty much what you see on special teams last year, and that's understandable. It's an interesting test this week. You've got a Mississippi State team just looking at their kicking three for four on field goals this year, long of 49. That's pretty typical. The one miss was in the 40s, perfect on extra points. I mentioned the one block kick. This is going to be a, this is going to be an all three phases challenge. I'm expecting a four quarter game, but I just kind of go back to the must win conversation. The kind of stuff we talked about with Florida last week, right? You're at home with your backs against the wall, and that kind of helps you play up like they did against Tennessee. I think if this team is what you think it is, if this team is what they think they are in the locker room, you're at home against a team that's. Talented, but shown a couple of very clear flaws already in three weeks, you win this football game.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Um If I, I, I don't ever bet South Carolina because that just seems like a bad idea. I feel like I get too much information sometimes. Um <laughs> But uh, so, but if, if I was, I, I think I would pick them and and pick them to cover. Uh, speaking of that, do you want to get into some of our staff picks from around the country, or do you have a couple anything else? To say no, that's team? what I had on Mississippi
0: State. Um, it's a loaded week of college football.
1: Yeah, it should be a good one. I, I told you guys to uh, build up your social credit uh, last weekend, and uh, <laughs> you know, go do your things out in the world or whatever. Um, Honestly, last weekend ended up being a little bit more entertaining than we were expecting even, but uh, this one looks like it's going to be a good one. Uh, let's start right down the road uh, at noon, Florida State. Oh, I Saturday. thought you were going to say Coastal, did <laughs> Oh, well, that too. Uh, that's <laughs> no, I just got to Clemson. it's fine. Um, but yeah, Florida State's going to Clemson at noon on Saturday. Um, we have them down, and we lock in these lines earlier in the week, so some of them may have moved a little bit, but we have them down as Florida State minus two uh, at Clemson. How are you feeling about that one?
0: I th- that's where that line still is, by the way, it's at Florida state minus two. First time Clemson's been a home underdog since they faced Lamar Jackson's Louisville in 2016. Um, it looks weird. I'm just taking the weird. That's kind of what we talked about last week with like Mizzou K state and the line made no sense. And of course Mizzou ends up winning. This just feels like a weird spot where Clemson finds a way to do Clemson things and win. I, I don't have an explanation for that. I think Florida state's very good. I, would probably pick Florida State to win on the neutral field against Clemson, but a weird road noon kick against a Clemson team that's pretty much been a month being told how bad they are by everybody. I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, based on what you've seen on the field from both programs uh, this season, it feels like Florida State should win and cover two points pretty easily. Um, But I agree. Uh, Death Valley is a weird place to go in and try to get a football game. Um and Florida State did not look great last weekend against Boston Ooh. College. Now obviously some of that could have been them looking ahead uh, to this because they're trying to kind of take over that top spot in the ACC that Clemson's held on to for the better part of the last decade. Um, I'm gonna pick Florida State because I think they're the better football team, but I understand the weird that you that gives you like some hesitance on that one. Um, let's look at Auburn at Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M is an eight-point favorite there. I, I That's a beautiful line because that's kind of right where I would put it, um, and I, I don't love it. Uh, I picked Texas A&M to win, but I did not pick them to cover. It, nothing that happened in this one would really surprise me, I think.
0: Ah, man, I just... I watched Auburn play Cal. I watched them need several shades of luck and turnovers and I think Cal missed two field goals in that game to beat them. I just can't buy four and O Auburn. I just don't think they're that good. If you're going on the road to AM. I know AM hasn't been great either, but playing at home, man, I mm, I definitely wouldn't bet this game. Um no, it's, it's a scary one. I think I I think you gotta go with AM at home. Just I don't know. That's a weird one, but it was
1: one of the few this week that, across the board, all five of us on our staff picks, which you can check out on Gamecockscoop uh, picked one person and we picked uh, or one team. We picked Texas A and M, but there's a little bit of hesitance where three of us picked Auburn to cover, two of us didn't. So I think it's going to be a weird one. Should still be an entertaining game and uh, tell you a lot about, I guess, where the state of both those programs are right now. Um, all right, prime time, uh, Colorado. Uh, is at Oregon and they're 20.5 uh, point underdogs. Any chance that you see Colorado starting 4 and 0 and keeping this going against Oregon?
0: Uh, chance, Oregon. sure. It's football. They've got skill position players. Um, I'm laying the points. I don't think Colorado's seen any kind of line of scrimmage play like what they're going to see at Oregon Saturday. They haven't played in the environment like that yet. You can look at Bo Nix's home and road splits, even going back to his days at Auburn, and they're pretty drastically better at home. Um, I think Colorado just hits a buzzsaw in this game that doesn't take away from what they've already done or what Dion's building, but I think this is just different than what they've seen.
1: Yeah, the uh, hype train has reached full steam following uh, that crazy game day last weekend, and uh little wayne leading them out of the tunnel and <laughs> um what uh, dion was on 60 minutes this past week saw uh, that, yeah. i mean it's a cool story i'm fascinated by it from a lot of angles um but yeah i think this is kind of where some of the fairy tale stops i still think that they're probably a seven five eight and four team which is huge coming off of what oh, yeah. they started 11, as. yeah um but yeah, I don't think they're quite ready to compete with uh, the Oregons and next week USCs. But hey, uh, maybe I'll be proven wrong and we'll see. Um, UCLA is minus five at, or sorry, Utah is minus five at home against UCLA. Uh, Chip Kelly's kind of probably got his best team uh, so far at UCLA. Very quietly, but yeah. Um, but obviously, Utah's uh, still good on defense. Uh, they're at home. That's a tough place to go play.
0: How are you feeling about that one? That's kind of what I think you hit both points. Salt Lake's a tough place to play. Utah's defense has allowed 31 points total in three games this year. Um, I'm taking the better defense at home just on principle. I think Utah – I don't think they're as good as maybe we thought, just looking at the quarterback play there. But I think anybody has a hard time coming in there and winning. Yeah. Uh, have we
1: heard anything more about Cam Rising potentially coming back or anything like that? I haven't seen
0: anything. Um, I'm just looking at Utah's schedule. They're on the road at Oregon State next week, and then Cal, then USC and Oregon. So it's going to get tough for them pretty quick here. Um, yeah. But I think at home, um, just – I'm st- looking
1: at the headlines. Uh, he practiced this week. Um, Whittingham said he looked good yesterday, uh, and they will make the call today on his availability. Um, if he plays, I feel even better about it. Um, but yeah, I think just that stifling defense keeps them in every game like they have so far. Um, all right. Another interesting one, and this is one that we were all over the map on, on our staff picks. Um, Ole Miss is at Bama, uh, Bama is still a seven point favorite at home there, but obviously not playing their best football right now. Ole Miss seems dangerous
0: enough to knock them
1: off. How are you feeling about it?
0: I would i picked Bam gonna win and cover. I'd feel better about that at six and a half. Having to lay a full touchdown scares me a little bit. Um I just can't buy that Alabama's this bad. You know what I mean? I just can't do that. Like Mike Shula didn't walk out of the tunnel, like, come on, people. I, they're yeah, going back have, to Jalen. Go ahead. I was just saying almost like your same take
1: uh with the Clemson situation. It's at home and uh they've been told how crappy they've been for the
0: past. It's few weeks not quite or... that. Um because I still don't think this is a championship Alabama team of any kind. They're going back to Jalen Milrow, who I thought played okay in the Texas game, even if it's just not what you're used to from Alabama quarterback. Definitely better than Buckner. And um, uh, who was their other quarterback that played last week? Uh, yeah. I can't not, even think. I, I only know Milrow and Buckner off the top of my head. So they play, they play. Anyway, at home, I think this is a good Ole Miss team. I don't think it's a great Ole Miss team. Interested in how they fare on the road? I still have questions about that defense. I just this just feels like a Nick Saban, oh I got you again, Lane kind of game. Yeah. Um,
1: also, there's the ad factor which we talked a little bit on the back podcast of Lane Kiffin kind of trolling them a little bit. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll see if that plays in. If if Bama does kind of get ahead, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they want to make a statement. Um, I did pick Ole Miss though. I think that they might uh, go in there and make it happen. I I just haven't been impressed with Bama's offense at all uh, so far, and I don't know that they can keep up, but um, maybe they won't have to if their defense plays up to the level that they can. Um, Another game that I thought was really weird, uh, although we all picked Kansas to win, um, is BYU is plus 9.5 at Kansas. BYU, who just knocked off Arkansas last week, um, and beat them in fairly convincing fashion um, that felt like too many points to me. So I picked Kansas Kansas to win at home, but uh, I can't pick them to cover nine and a
0: half. It's a weird line. It's a weird kind of up down thing. You get Kansas not playing that well last week in Nevada in the way, and yet BYU playing probably better than they would normally play last week in Fayetteville. I pick Kansas to win and cover at home. I think going on the road two weeks in a row is tough. You're going to see that later this year for South Carolina with A&M back to back. Um, I don't know. I That's a really hard one to get a read on, but I think I'll go with the home team. And that would set up maybe 4 0 Kansas versus 4 0 Texas next week. You don't think uh,
1: you don't think beating our Kansas gives them any advantage <laughs> against Kansas?
0: Man, that was bad. Yeah, um, I mean, they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> like, I mean, that was not nothing going to Faith the last week and shutting down that all. I'm not shutting down. They won 38 31, but that's not nothing winning that game. But.
1: No, I, I still think Arkansas is a decent team. Uh, is Arkansas better than Mississippi State? We'll find out eventually. But. Yeah, they're going to play in October, but yeah. Um. All right, you got Oregon State. I'm really excited about this game. Oregon yeah. State, uh, minus 2.5 at uh, Washington State. Um, both programs that are playing pretty well right now. Uh, both have pretty good offenses. I think that this one... It, is this a Pac-12 after dark... Uh, 7 o'clock. That's too bad. If it was Pac-12 after dark, um, even better. But uh, it it definitely has the vibes uh, of just like a weird high scoring. uh, It's DJU and Cam Ward. It's two
0: quarterbacks that that have played very well with two offenses that are – this game ends in the high 30s or 40s probably, right? Oh, yeah. I, th- I think
1: that this is, yeah, like a 41 to 39 or <laughs> something like that, um, which is exactly why I want to watch it. I'll have to cue that one up for the DVR. Uh, now that I have a DVR, I'll watch it on YouTube the next day or whatever. But <laughs> I'm taking the
0: beeves because I've been on them since the summer, but I wouldn't at all be surprised if Washington State got the ball last and kicked a field goal or whatever.
1: Yeah, we all picked Oregon State and we all picked them to cover. I mean, it's essentially a pickup. Um it wouldn't surprise me if it went the other direction though um all right uh we all just for you guys reference on the staff picks we all picked south carolina to beat mississippi state uh although some of us three of us picked them to cover two of us did not alan you picked them to not cover and that was uh
0: back at five points so you're seeing this one as as pretty close i guess I think we're going to spend all week talking about how South Carolina special teams haven't been what they were last year and then Miss Jeter boots a winning field goal with like a minute to go because it's kind of the way these things work. Hey, that that would be
1: exciting and fun, although, um, you know, maybe uh, not the ideal result of what South Carolina fans are looking for this weekend. Um, All right. Another big one. Ohio State minus three at Notre Dame. Um, We're pretty split on this one. How do you see this one playing out? All right.
0: I can understand why Ohio State's favored that offense seems to have figured some things out. Marvin Harrison Jr. There's not really a matchup for him anywhere in the country. I don't think the reason this gives me pause and the reason I pick Notre Dame to win the game outright beyond just the fact they're playing at home is I look at Ohio State. I look at what they've struggled with the last couple of years, kind of in those Michigan games. And it's the ground and pound hand the ball off get physical thing i mean donovan edwards had over 200 rushing yards against ohio state last year i think notre dame can just hand the ball off to Estime and kind of force i don't know i see a lot of similarities between this notre dame team and maybe the last two michigan teams and how they want to play offense and ohio state gave up 40 points to both those teams and i think Notre Dame can kind of just lean on that a little bit and kind of take the michigan game plan
1: yeah, unfortunately, we I don't think we really know what either of these teams are at this point. Um, maybe Notre Dame has the best win against NC State, although I don't know what NC State is either. Um, I do think thus far, Notre Dame's probably looked like the more complete team, but maybe it's just years of uh, Notre Dame kind of not being able to live up to the hype in these uh, primetime big sort of games. I picked Ohio State. Um, I do think, yeah, you have the quarterback advantage, you have the running back advantage. Uh, defense is probably pretty similar, so I mean, I, I can definitely see the Notre Dame scenario. I just, I, I guess it's just a gut feeling more than anything. I mean, no one's gonna say you're
0: crazy for picking Ohio State
1: to win a football game, like, <laughs> I don't think there's a wrong pick here. Um, the last one we have on our picks, and then we can get into any other games we're interested in this weekend. Um, Iowa. Is plus fourteen and a half at Penn State. That is a tough line for me. I don't like I the hook, was, Yeah, I wish it was thirteen and a half or fourteen. Um, but uh, I did pick State, Penn State, and I did pick uh, them to cover. But I kind of hate it. I wish it was like right at fourteen because I'd feel better about it.
0: I'm laying it. It's home. It's a whiteout. It's Kate McNamara on the road. It gets one hundred and five thousand people. I still think Iowa's offense is fixed, even though it played better last week. Uh, I'm just laying it.
1: Uh, feels fairly safe. Um, I mean, Iowa finds a way to make these games ugly, so we'll we'll see. But Penn State's looked pretty good so far. Um, Other games this weekend of note, you did mention Georgia State and Coastal Carolina tonight. Uh, Coastal Carolina's a a 6.5-point favorite. Um, I think that'll be fun. Um, I do think Coastal Carolina ultimately probably wins that one. They're more battle-tested thus far. Georgia State's had a pretty easy schedule up to this point but that's just
0: typical weeknight Sun Belt fun with a game that has an over under in the 60s just enjoy it that's fun definitely
1: um any chance that Cincinnati uh can knock off Oklahoma you think so Oklahoma is three and zero right now number 16 in the country they're a 14 and a half point favorite uh but it's at Cincinnati
0: chance yes would I pick it no Cincinnati looked bad last week lost at home to Miami Ohio I'm very curious about Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel, very quietly, I think he's getting lost in kind of the Michael Penny's Kaylee Williams thing. Eleven touchdowns, one pick, and almost a thousand yards already this year. Um, is Oklahoma good? Is they are they better? We probably won't find out till Red River in a couple of weeks. But I think they're good enough to win this game.
1: Yeah, I think probably safe to say they are taking a step forward yes. forward this year. Really? Um, but I don't know that they're ready to compete with Texas. We'll we'll find that out. Um other interesting games. Maryland, Michigan State. Uh Maryland's minus seven and a half. Lane, and whatever the State. number is. Maryland. Yeah, I that that Michigan State thing is a, a dumpster fire right now. So hard to uh to pick them.
0: Um RK LSU at night. Arky needed needing a bounce back, having a walk in the death valley. LSU favored by 17 and a half. That's a lot of points. That is a lot of points. It's mm, we'll see
1: um man that's uh Texas and Baylor uh Texas is at Baylor but Baylor's one and two um hasn't looked particularly good uh in those in those starts so far uh oh they played all right against Utah um but um lost to Texas State obviously to open the season
0: the kind of game a Texas team would lose if they're not back but I think they are so I think they'll win this game yeah that's a
1: That's a great way to put it. Um, North Carolina is at Pitt. Uh, North Carolina only favored by 7.5. That feels a little close for how uh, Pitt started their season. Um, They've lost to Cincinnati and lost to West Virginia in back-to-back weeks so far. Also kind of feels like one of those trap games, though, uh, where they suddenly show up uh, at home against a ranked opponent.
0: Pretty good defense at home at night. I believe that's UNC's first road game of the season. I get why it's only seven and a half. I Drake made, by the way, four turnovers this year in three games. Um still probably take North Carolina to win, but
1: serious. Yeah. Granted, two of those were uh against yeah, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah.
0: Carolina yeah. yeah.
1: Um that's pretty much all the ones that stood out to me this week. Obviously, there's there's still fun games throughout. Um any other like final notes or whatever on week four or four weeks into the season already it's crazy no i think that's uh
0: yeah it's pretty much what i had from mississippi state check out gamecogsoup.com we've got all kinds of stuff on the injury report tonight pick tomorrow for me uh, obviously content saturday pick the live chat if you want to come hang out and ask me questions while i'm in the press box saturday what's going on with the game what i'm seeing um yeah stick around good weekend coming up yeah
1: and speaking of the live chat uh those of you that have been uh with rivals for a long time it's a little bit different um so on the top of your toolbar on the forum it'll say chat and it'll have like a little green uh circle beside it whenever it's open um hop in there and uh we'll be talking ball and it's kind of yeah a little bit more like a old school chat room uh so we can kind of see things much quicker and uh that's that's the main benefit i've seen thus far as i can just talk a lot more <laughs> and get a lot more out there back to back to back uh, instead of posting them as traditional threads. Uh, if you like the traditional threads you can still see the live thread and it updates there too. But um, yeah, come check it out on Saturday. We usually open it up about two hours before the game or so. Um, all right. Uh, we'll be back here on Sunday morning to talk uh, the review of South and Mississippi State. Until then, this has been the com podcast. We'll see you.